Hey everyone, it's uh, David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com and of course the blog site, YouTube channel, uh, SoundCloud and iTunes podcast where I talk about buying, selling, managing and financing small and medium sized businesses. Today I've got a special guest, Connor Gillivan is here and Connor has a background in helping in doing online business, um, Amazon dropshipping, all that kind of thing. And today works with people to help them learn how to free up their time. And uh, I wanted to get Connor on the program because, of course, most of you out there in my audience either own your own business that you're working towards having ready to sell one day, or you're planning on buying a business and you want to learn more about how to maybe make it work better when you're there. And Connor is also an expert on outsourcing and getting freelancers and, and different people to start doing some of the things in your business um, something that I've talked about actually quite a few times. So Connor, why don't you give my viewers just a quick insight into how you got into this stuff mm -hmm. and, uh, and what the kinds of things are today that you help people with? Yes, I'd love to. So thanks for having me on the show. First of all, so it's great to chat with you. So I started my entrepreneurial journey while I was still in college. Actually, I met my business partner whose name is Nathan and we've built both of the businesses together. Um, but he, while we were in college, he was just starting to experiment selling textbooks on amazon.com in the United mm -hmm. States. And this was around 2009. So Amazon was still really ramping up their whole marketplace and, um, their prime customers and all of their warehouses. So it was definitely a good time to get into the, the area. And we saw some success selling textbooks, but we really hated packing, shipping, um, and handling the books on a day-to-day -day basis. We had these large piles of textbooks that just took a lot of time to manage. And so that was really where we got into drop shipping so that we didn't have to actually hold the products. We could work with brands and suppliers around the United States. We would list their products through Amazon. We'd manage the inventory. We'd reprice the products. And then as we got sales, they would ship those products out to the customer. So we did that for about four years. And in that process, we were exposed to this whole world of hiring. Um, and you know, it sounds like you, you kind of talk about this a lot and kind of setting up systems, setting up processes and making sure that you have people in place so it's not all dependent upon you. And we hired some full-time employees, we hired some part-time employees, we had an office. Um, and then we were exposed to this whole world of outsourcing and hiring freelancers from the United States and then other places of the world. And we were using websites like Upwork and Fiverr.com and Freelancer.com. And what we found was we were spending a lot of our time interviewing and vetting and trying to find the right people, pulling us away from growing the business. And we also ran into a lot of turnover because anyone could really sign up to those websites. So yeah. that was the core reason that we started free up. Um, and that's how we're a little bit different today. So we have an internal team that interviews vets and tests freelancers that want to join. And then we only allow the top 1% of applicants into the network. Um, and from there, business owners can request hire and, and manage them as they would on other marketplaces. But that's really how I got into this whole world. Okay. So, um, you know, and it, it, it's funny because when people grow a business, maybe they're a, a solo person and they get to the point where they start wanting to have certain things done by other people. Mm -hmm. What they think about is not having to do those things anymore. But I think that one of the things people often don't 
think about is the fact that they will add something new to their plate, which is called managing the new person. Right. right. And, and, and then supervising them, making sure that they're doing the task correctly, et cetera. And of course, if the person doesn't work out, then you have to hire again. And in fact, one of the, one of the big things that we, I talk about a lot is that there are um, a lot of instances when I will meet business owners who really should have some more turnover in their business, but they don't want to take the time to invest in hiring a new person. And they end up with the wrong person in there for too long because they mm -hmm. don't have the energy or enthusiasm anymore to make that turnover happen. Um, one of the, and, and we're going to get into the, the outsourcing here a little bit, but one of the things that I noticed when I was doing some, some work and reading some of your blog posts is that you had a, a great blog post up there about drop shipping and some of the problems with drop shipping. And you made reference to some of the people that may be on the internet trying to teach people, hey, this is a get rich quick, easy way for you to set up a business overnight kind of thing and make a lot of money. And um, maybe you can talk a little bit about that because you've actually done a drop shipping business that lasted several years, which means you must have been making money, right? And sure. you, you understand how much work went into running that business. What kinds of things have you run into as far as people trying to promote the opportunities and some of the, I guess, misrepresentations that you see a lot in the marketplace from people who are, you know, trying to take advantage of people that may find themselves in a little bit of a desperate situation. Yeah, definitely. So I think the dropship business model, I mean, it fits well for individuals trying to, to go that route um, and say that it's a get money quick kind of scheme because it really doesn't require much initial investment um, since you are partnering with uh, suppliers and you're not actually buying the products wholesale up front. So, you know, you're not putting down $5,000 to buy products then put them into a warehouse and have to ship them out to customers as you receive sales. Uh, but that's really only, you know, one piece of the whole business model. The, the part that makes it really difficult is, you know, everything else, actually setting everything up. So the way that we eventually looked at the business model was very much kind of a, a supply chain, so to speak. And so your first step is, is building out those supplier relationships. So, you know, you find a brand, you know, someone that's selling a, a toy for children. You reach out to them, you create a relationship, you let them know that you're going to sell it on Amazon or your own website. You create that relationship and then they give you permission to actually sell their product. Um, so that's great. You know, that's awesome that you could get access to that without actually having to put money down. But then you have to list that product um, because you don't actually have the inventory. You have to keep it up to date very often so that you don't sell products that are out of stock. Um, so, you know, that's a big operation. And then you also have to, you know, manage all of the pricing, manage the content that's going on with that. And then as orders come in, you have to send them over to the supplier correctly so that it gets shipped out to the customer. And when there's any issues, you have to deal with returns and a number of other customer service things. So, you know, a lot of these courses, a lot of these people, they focus on the front end saying, you know, it's easy to get set up. It doesn't cost a lot of money. You could do this easily and within a couple of months be making good profits, but they fail to teach the people about everything else that has to do with the business model. So that's kind of where that article came from. And um, just something I've seen over the years of drop shipping and, and people being in the industry. 
So in, in just imagining, as you described your experience, uh, can you answer me this question at, at any given point in time, like how many different products would you have listed that you were trying to manage? Uh, for us personally with our business. Yeah. yeah. So we had at the peak of our business, we had over 500,000 products on our Amazon store um, that yeah. we were managing. So it was a, it was a good chunk of products. <laughs> so it, in order for you to create a successful business that was producing a good profit so that you could take home a paycheck from running this operation, mm-hmm. you had to manage like half a million things. Um, so we took it to that level. Um, yeah. I don't think you necessarily have to be managing that many, but you will eventually be managing thousands of products through a right. number of suppliers so that you can make those profits and, and make it a full-time income. Definitely. And, and I, I guess the reason why I wanted to, to ask you that question is I just, I want to communicate to everyone who's going to be listening to this, that um, these online businesses that get promoted so heavily mm. uh, are work just like any other kind of business. Right. right. Like, like there's a lot of stuff that has to be done. And if one of those listings isn't updated and then you end up selling something that, like you said, is out of stock and you have to be investing time to communicate with that person and say, look, I'm sorry, you can't have it. We have to refund your order. Maybe there are costs associated with that. I know in certain industries, if people pay with a credit card, when you do a refund, the initial credit card discount is kept by the credit card company, right. depending on what industry you're in. So, so having to do a refund when you should never have taken the money in the beginning actually has a cost to yeah, it in, in exactly. terms of money and time. So now in free up, you're working with people about outsourcing tasks and activities to other people. What, what are some of the very first sorts of things that most people start to outsource when they're growing in their business? Yeah, great question. So there's a number of them that are very common um, and, and it's kind of an easy way to, to work your way into the whole world of outsourcing and being comfortable working with remote freelancers. Um, just to kind of list a few, uh, one is bookkeeping. So that's one that is common for all businesses. If you don't have the time to be handling that, it's, it could be really nice to have that type of person. A couple others are um, graphic design, web design, those types of projects. If you don't have that skill set, it can be nice to have those people on call. Um, and then a few other kind of in the marketing realm, you have like handling social media. So a lot of people may spend a couple hours there per day. If you have someone that already has experience there, that can be very helpful. And then also with marketing lead generation. So every business is always looking for new customers. If you can teach someone a process on how to find you potential customers, it could be a, a great person to have on your, on your business. Um, and then off of that too is just content creation. If you have a blog, find a great writer who could help you handle that. Um, if you're looking to improve the SEO of your site, there's a lot of experts out there that can do that. And then if you're looking to do some type of advertising, there's freelancers that ex- have expertise in that as well. So those are some areas that we see a lot of businesses hiring people for. So, you know, when you're, when you're going to bring somebody else into your organization to do work for you, there's that, there's that spectrum that goes from employee mm. to, to contractor. And then I, I even say sometimes it goes further than that into a, a service providing supplier, right? Mm. Okay. So, yeah. so you could hire an employee and say, I'm going to pay you an hourly wage. And one of the things I want you to do is write a blog post. Right. Or you could actually have a contractor where you say, look, I need five blog posts a month. And I'm going to pay you X amount of dollars for each one. Mm-hmm. 
or you could go to some kind of uh, say a marketing agency right. and say, one of the things we need from you is blog posts. Yeah. And, and all of those relationships are different. And what I'm finding though is with the internet is, is a lot of the times the lines between those categories are in, becoming increasingly blurred. And the other thing maybe that would be, if you could, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you hire someone locally, in your wherever you are, then it's very clear that all of the different rules and regulations about employees in your jurisdiction are are very much enforced. Sure. But if you employ someone in another country, then then things change, don't they? Mm-hmm. It, you know, maybe you could talk a little bit about some of that stuff. Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting topic to bring up, and it's definitely a topic of interest in the industry right now. I like to stay up to speed with what's happening in the freelance and gig economy. Um, and so you mentioned kind of in, in your own country, right? So there's in, in the U S specific, um, I know that the, the IRS, their internal revenue service, their lines between a contractor and an employee are very gray. Um, they have maybe like a 15 point checklist of how they would determine if someone is an employee versus a contractor, but it's very, you know, this was created maybe a hundred years ago. So it's yeah. very antiquated, out of date to what's happening today. Um, so a lot of people are interested to see what's going to come of the next laws that are going to govern this whole world. Um, and you see a lot of it happening with uh, companies like Uber and Lyft and some of those other, um, you know, ride sharing services where there's arguments being made on both sides. So nothing's determined yet, but it's, it's something that's a hot topic right now. And then in terms of hiring people outside of your own country, um, to my knowledge, I believe it comes down to then their government laws and how they view that person as a, uh, a contractor or an employee, and then how that would impact you as a business hiring them outside of their country. Um, but again, everything's a little bit antiquated right now, and people are just starting to come around to the idea of creating new laws and figuring out how to handle it. So it's definitely a big gray area in the industry right now. How, how do you position it with the, the people that you work with, the, the people that come in to do the work with FreeUp? Um, are they people who want to control their own schedules or are they people who want to be more like in, in an employee kind of box where they're told what to do all the time? What, what's the appetite like for people who are looking to do this kind of remote work? Yeah, great question. So for us, we, we really look for people that are running their own freelance business. So within the United States, they're registered as, a, as an actual business with the government. Um, they have an EIN kind of, you know, showing that they're running their own business. And so they like to very much operate on a freelance basis where they have control over the projects. Uh, they take on new clients, they set their schedules, um, and they work with um, clients in that way. Mm-hmm. And then the same for international freelancers. Again, we, we make sure that they're actually registered with the country as a self-employed kind of freelancer. Um, and they work through freelance type relationships as well. Um, yeah, we, we have only freelancers through the platform. We don't have any type of employee relationships. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got experience hiring people remotely to do projects for me. So sure. you know, I have this thing that needs to be done and I, I look online to some of the platforms you mentioned earlier and I found people who have experience with that and you can kind of see a portfolio sometimes and say, yeah, that this is clearly a person who has the skill to do this. Mm-hmm. I engage them, they do the project, they get paid. It's, yep. it's 
easy, right? Now, for people who want more of an ongoing relationship, so they want to actually take some of the functions in their business and get somebody else to do them who may be in a far off place, does that make it a little bit different? Like how um, do you find that it's easier or more difficult to manage? And, and, And how do you manage people in that are remote having access to some of the systems or information within your business? Does that lead to new concerns? Yeah, good questions. So for the first one, uh, in terms of a project versus an ongoing relationship, the way that we encourage business owners to handle it is setting those expectations very very clearly up front. So the way it typically works is someone may hire a freelancer for an ongoing basis and it's they're going to say you know five hours per week you'll be working on this project so to speak um, so it's it's still a, a project base but it's just on an ongoing basis um, and then we encourage them to set up good communication channels and methods so that they're getting updates they can stay up to speed with what the freelancer is working on and they can also give them feedback and answer any questions if they run into any on the project um, so that's kind of you know in, in that whole realm it's just a a different way of looking at the project in terms of a continuous basis. And then um, what was the second question again? About, uh, you know, what sort of things do we have to think about when we want, we have that continuous person working with us Mm -hmm. and we want to start giving them access to some of our data and information. And, and, you know, if I wanted someone, for example, to be going into my LinkedIn every day, they're obviously going to have my sign on or, or we're going to use like a access management system but they're going to go in and they're going to start posting like they were me. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and so then all of a sudden I'm worried about what kinds of stuff might they be putting up there and, and how do I make sure that I'm, well, it's there's okay. all kinds of concerns, yeah. right. You know, <laughs> yeah. about data, about is someone going to download my contact list and sell mm-hmm. that email list to somebody else? <laughs> like, you know, all kinds of stuff yeah. could happen. Right. Totally. How do you, how do you manage those problems? Yeah, definitely. So through, through us, um, from our experience, you know, we've been doing this for five or six years. We, we really haven't had any malicious attempts, um, which is great. You know, it's, it's definitely possible that they can happen. What we found with a lot of the freelancers that make it into the top 1% of our network is that they're way more focused on building their business and having good relationships with clients than trying to steal information and, and benefit from it some way or another. Um, but a way that business owners can mitigate it as well is once you hire them and you're giving them access to certain accounts, usually you can limit their access to a certain extent. Um, I know we work with a lot of people that sell on Amazon and uh, Shopify and other platforms, and there is ways that you can you know, just give them view access or just give them access to certain areas of the account. Um, so we encourage people to do that as much as they want to so that they feel more comfortable with that person until they have a good trust factor built with them. So your business free up, would it be analogous to uh, an old school employment temp agency kind of business that you might have in your local city where you go to them saying, you know, I I got trucks coming tonight. I need some guys to help unload the trucks. Can you send over some, some strong fellows? And, and so in that scenario, the, the company would get a bill from the temp agency and then the yep. temp agency is paying those workers. Mm-hmm. Is that the kind of model that you use or, or are you creating a direct relationship with the employers and the freelancers? Yeah, it's a, so it's similar to that, but the, the uh, business owners and the freelancers do create that direct relationship. Um, we do, all the billing does flow through us. 
but a, a business owner would come to us. They would say, I need someone to help me with my social media. We would go into our pre-vetted network, find someone that matches up with their budget, with the details of their project. We'd introduce them to that person. They can speak with them, ask them questions, see if it's the right fit. If they like them, they can hire them and they can view all the hours right through our software. And then if they don't like them for whatever reason, they can give us feedback and we'll introduce them to someone else. So there are some similarities between the business model, but um, just a little bit more modernized as well. Okay. And so the, you know, one of the concerns that many employers have, of course, is that if you're hiring someone, maybe paying them by the hour, how are you sure that they actually are doing the work that they're billing you for and things like that? So do you monitor the people doing the work in any way? I mean, and that's what makes it different than project-based, right? Because if the project is done, it's done. You right. know, and Whether it took the person eight hours or 10 hours or 20 hours, you don't care because you're paying based on that project. So do you do, you do anything to, to sort of measure and, and make sure that people are accountable for the, the, for the bills that they've issued to you? Yep, good question. So right now, all freelancers are required to leave notes on any hours that they actually log in with a particular client. So that gives the client access to what they were working on in that day, what issues they ran into. And clients can also ask freelancers to add specific notes based off of what they want. And then we also encourage business owners to set up daily check-ins if it's an ongoing basis. Have them reach out to you on Skype or whatever communication channel you have to share those updates once they've finished with a, a number of hours on a specific task. Um, and, and we're also going to be working on over the next year implementing some form of um, screenshots. Some of the other platforms offer this so that business owners can really go in and make sure that the, the freelancer was working on what they had hired them for. Um, and so we're going to be looking to implement that as well. Okay. Now, out of personal curiosity, um, ever since I read the book Four Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss years ago, sure. um, I've, I've been fascinated by the idea of people that travel around seeing the world while doing work and earning money. And I, and I saw it firsthand myself when I was in San Francisco a couple of years ago. I was mm -hmm. traveling by myself. And so I stayed at a backpacker hostel, which, nice. which, which I like to go to when I'm traveling alone because then you meet you know, new friends and say, Hey, let's go, hang out. Um, yeah, yeah, let's go exactly. to the pub tonight or, or you want to go to Alcatraz tomorrow or something like this. And, um, what was fascinating to me is that there were people from other countries that were touring the U S and in the morning they had all their laptops out and they were doing their Fiverr gigs and they were <laughs> doing their, their different online sort of work things to earn money so that they could you know, eat that day. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so do you have a lot of people in your pool of, of labor who are these types that are traveling around and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We have, uh, my business partner just did an interview with someone who, who does exactly that just travels around and stays in, um, countries for certain periods of time and works there on visas and then travels to another place and keeps working. So we do have a lot of people that live that, uh, nomad lifestyle and, are really enjoying the world of traveling while also tapping into resources like FreeUp and other platforms to find work. Yeah, cool. That's cool. So, so Connor, if people want to learn more about your particular business, uh, why don't you let everyone know how they can get in touch with you and, uh, and, and, then, and then we'll say thanks. Sure. So you can visit FreeUp.com and it is with three E's, so F-R-E-E-E-Up.com. And then if you want to get in direct touch with me to talk about outsourcing or talk about your business, I'm Happy to speak with you. My email is connor at freeup.com. 
And then I'll also give you a, a link to my calendar that you can include in the show notes if anyone wants to set up a time to chat. Yeah. And so on the blog or on the YouTube uh, play screen in the notes down below, mm-hmm. I'll, put, uh, I'll put that link that Connor is referring to. And uh, I want to say thank you, Connor. Thank you very much. And if, if for any of you guys out there, if you're not sure about what kinds of tasks you want to outsource to someone, um, one of the things I would encourage you to do is do my online course, which is called Build a Business That People Will Want to Buy, because it's all about creating organizational charts and developing those job descriptions and task lists. And um, once you have that chart in front of you, and you can see all the different roles within your organization, even if you're a one-person operation, you can say, look, if I hired someone, I would give them these three roles, and that would encompass these tasks, and it's already put together for you. So when you go to work with someone like Connor, and they say, what sort of skills do you need? You can say, look, these are the tasks that have to be done, and it's already laid out, and uh, people can get that at easysmallbiz, B-I-Z, easysmallbizsystems.com. Thanks a lot, Connor, and... uh, Best of luck. Thanks a lot for taking time to talk to us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. All right, bye.